Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. Show with Lashita and Robert and friends. It is December 6, 2015, and I'm joined here at the helm by several people. We've got Sifu Bob with us, who is driving, so he can't man the board with me. How you doing, Sifu Bob? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, introduce everybody, then come back. I've got a couple things tonight. Okay, cool. And I'm also joined by Sensei Wayne Riley. How you doing, Sensei hey, Wayne? Hey, hey, Doing hey, good. Hey, How are you guys? Very cool. A little bit later, we will be joined by Master Tony Collins. And you you two are actually turning into our regulars. So this is pretty good. It's always fun to have you and Master Master Tony with us. It's, uh, it becomes just a, just a blast. Cool. <laughs> so, awesome. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for joining us. All right. Bob going on on your end there, buddy? Well, my wife has this thing at the church today. Yesterday, yesterday, I'm sorry. Yesterday. So we walked into the front to pick up some Uh cookies. And she walks in, she she grabs the first thing she sees, and she says, I'm going to be quick. I'm just going to grab the first thing I see. And I said, that's how we got married. For my daughter, right? And and this poor guy takes on us. I drive a total of two hours for no reason. What? Okay, let's let's back up a little bit. So, okay, tell our listeners why you drove and why this guy flaking makes a big well, difference. you know, my, my, my daughter, you know, she, she wants, she's going to go to a good school. So we're, she asked if we can go up to Berkeley because she confirmed her, an appointment for a tour. We got an email back, confirmation of the whole thing. So a bunch of us, not just from my end, a bunch of us meet at this, this spot. People from Sacramento and Marin County and all these people meet there. And nobody shows up to give us the tour. Oh man! And I'm that the one that goes hours, and I am living. But you know, right? it was a good day, family time. It was it was really good. So, on the way up there, however, my wife says, uh, uh, "You know, I I I, I got this news yesterday that one of my customers had passed away." And he's some mm-hmm. kind of big musician, but I've never heard of the band. And he passed away from a cocaine overdose. I said, and she woke him up on her phone, and and I said, what's the band name? And she says, Stone Temple Pilots. <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> well, you know, some so, people don't listen to that, you know, popular music nowadays. I, you know, you know I, I don't either, I but don't. I've at least heard of them. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard of them. I I don't listen to them. I mean, I'm more of a jazz 
person in seventies, but it's like <laughs> that's funny. So yeah, I that was all over Facebook uh, the other day. I mean, the, the, it was like one of the you know hashtag trending topics that he had passed on cocaine overdose, and it's like you know, see, this is why I don't touch anything that's powdery and white. Because you just don't know. <laughs> it could take you one way or the other. Yeah. Exactly. It could kill you right then or make you go crazy. Yeah, even spread right. that. I don't even right. touch that stuff either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so she had no well, idea who Stone Temple Pilots no, no, I, I do. I, I listen no. to them. They're good. Yeah. Hmm. I can't help but they have drug habits, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. Yeah, so, so he was boarding his dog at the, with, with my wife. Huh. And oh. He just had so, no idea, no clue. So are the dogs are still there? Uh, no, they, they picked him up. Oh, man. That's, that's wild. That's a, that's a horrible way to go. You know, you're yeah. high for a second, then you pass out, and then you just don't wake up. Yeah. You know, yep. that's, right. that's horrible. Stay away from drugs, kids. You hear me? Yeah. Stay away from drugs. Oh, and you, you want to hear something that I, I sort of had a scare with yesterday. This girl climbed into my car. As you know, I drive for lift. So she says, I hope you don't mind. I've got to feed myself some insulin. Wait, wait, wait. What? Say that again? What? Wait. Say this that girl again? gets my car. This girl uh-huh. gets my car last night, and right. she says, "You know, I've I've got to administer some insulin. My my blood sugar is really high, and I've got to regulate it." But she whips out a needle, and I'm going, "It's Hollywood. I don't know what's in that needle." Right. She can she can be wow. lying to me for all I know. It's like, yeah, she could be like all dosing up on heroin or something. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. Wow. I mean, she didn't pass out in your car, so it had to have been insulin. Wait a minute. Why right. is she in your car? Well, I'm a I'm a driver for Lyft. Oh, are you for... really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Do you make good money at that? It's it's enough to get me by during the rough times, yeah. Well, that's good. That's good. I was I've been wondering that you know, if I knew anybody that that was doing that or knew anyone that done that. That's cool. Yeah, it's very cool. easy work. You can do it as you want to. It's very cool. So that was my weekend, Rusty. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool, cool. It's just been a usual weekend over here, teaching and and uh, stuff like that. And uh, I didn't get a – I still haven't had a chance to move all the rest of my stuff out of my storage, so i got to pay for yet again another oh, month no. of the oh, storage. I know, right? Which kind of sucks. Oh, but... I, I do have two more things, though. I do okay. want to send a shout-out to Michael Matsuda because he threw a uh, uh, thank-you volunteer uh, party last night year-end, and there was a bunch of them that showed up at 20, and I really appreciated him doing that for us. Uh, today, I and I, I, I sent uh, Frank Dukes a text last night. I was supposed to go to his L.A. wedding reception, but then the right. thing with Berkeley came up, and it's going on right now. And since I'm around uh, Stockton, I'm never gonna. It, and I've still got five hours to go. I'm never gonna make it when it ends in two hours. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> uh, 
I'll have to send them a text later on tonight just to, you know, just to send them send them both my best. Because you remember, that was the first reason why I couldn't do the show tonight. Yeah, that was initially the reason. And then it was go to Berkeley. And, and now you have to, like, drive all the way back because some guy flaked. Now, how are how, how is it that these people over there at Berkeley, how are they going to find out that they were being stupid? I don't know. Nobody else is going to complain probably but me because everybody else was within an hour's drive. You should complain. So I mean, if it's that many people, yeah, but still, I mean, if that many people had signed on for a tour, somebody had better be there. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that kind of leaves a right. bad taste in your mouth if you're like, you yeah. know, looking at colleges and stuff like that. Anyhow, let's move on. Yay, let's uh, let's move on to our birthdays. Um, I will read off all the birthdays. So for the week of. The 6th through the 12th, yeah, the 12th, uh, we've got uh, Seafood Douglas Wong. His birthday's on the 7th. Uh, Kelly Harris, uh, her is that a he? She, Bob? That's a she. Okay, and that's your friend, right? Yes. Okay, so her birthday's on the 8th. Um, also on the 8th, uh, Seafood Benny Meng. And uh, my coworker at Morningside Academy, Stephanie Bedrews. Um, Patrick Kuhn, who is uh, uh, Sifu Scott Jacoby's student, his birthday is on the 9th. Tony Cruz, an Eskrima and Kali brother of mine, his birthday is also on the 9th. Larry Ziff, Matthew Ziff's dad, his birthday is on the 10th. Also on the 10th, a good friend of mine, Laura Jean Cronin. A former student of mine, Chris Ragland, who's in the military. I don't know if he's active right now and on deployment. I don't remember. But if you're on deployment, Chris, stay safe. Um, a parent of one of my Tiny Tiger students, Sabrina Lynn. Her birthday is also on the 10th. And a Bullwhip student of mine, Kathy Babinek. Her birthday is also on the 10th. Uh, and last but not least, Derek Bryan, also on the 10th. It's uh, Greg Woldridge's cousin. Boy, that's a lot of people on the 10th. And uh, yeah. on, the, uh, on the 11th, We've got Cheryl Kowalski. So for everyone having a birthday this week, this tune is for you. Hola. Yeah. It's your birthday. We're here to party and sing to you. It's from me. Hope you are bueno. The fun will rain the whole day through. From the Gulf to the mountains, the city lights and fountains, we hope your birthday's excelente. You are another year older, so perhaps you should be generally awesome. Because today is your day. Hola. You deserve a grand fiesta, and later on fiesta, and the best of everything. Happy birthday, everybody. Have a great birthday week. Have lots of tequila and all that other stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Anyhow, uh, announcements for this week. Does anyone have any announcements? I don't think I do. Announcements, events? I don't have any announcements. What about you, Bob? Yep, neither do I. So I guess I guess we can move on. So <laughs> moving on. You know what? I do need to find out. Let's see. Um, 
uh, Master Tony Collins is supposed to be giving us a call um, sometime soon. So I hope he calls in sometime soon. <laughs> hint, <laughs> yeah, call in. Hint, hint. Okay, let's move on to the health news. All right. So as far as our health news today, these are staying healthy tips for the holidays. Now, the holidays is all about eating all that cool, rich, sugary, sweet, wonderful food, sometimes even overeating and a lot of times over-imbibing. So here are just a few tips to stay healthy for the holiday. Okay. First, you want to keep the focus on fun, not necessarily food. As uh, as uh, I'd mentioned a little bit earlier, most holidays are associated with certain foods. So Christmas at your house may not be the same without your aunt's green bean casserole, but that doesn't mean food has to be the main focus. Instead, you want to throw yourself into other rituals a holiday brings, whether it's caroling or tree trimming or whatever else that your family does. Next, modify your eating time so they jive with your relatives. So do your in-laws' meal schedules fly in the face of yours? Here's how to compromise. Say... They wake up a little later than you do and serve a late breakfast, say at 10.30 a.m. Then they skip lunch and serve Christmas dinner, quote-unquote, at 3 p.m. To keep your blood sugar steady without overdoing it on calories, have an early morning snack, such as a piece of whole grain toast, uh, before your relatives rise and shine. Their late breakfast will count as your real breakfast, plus some of your lunch. Enjoy the 3 p.m. meal, but... Don't overdo it and have a small snack at around 8 p.m. All right. Next, uh, cut down your own Christmas tree. Rather than buying a tree from a roadside lot where the trees have been drying out for weeks, visit a tree farm that allows you to cut your own. It'll be fresher and probably less expensive than they are at the lot. And you'll burn off calories and combat some of the blood sugar effect that the sugar cookies you snuck <laughs> snuck down um, will have. And your family will have one more fond holiday memory to look back on. Next up, indulge in only the most special holiday treats. So you want to skip the store-bought cookies at Christmas. But do save some calories in your budget to sample treats that are homemade and special to your family, such as your wife's special Yule log cake. Training yourself to indulge in uh, – let me read that again. I can't even read my own typing. (laughs) Training yourself what to indulge in and what to skip is much like budgeting your mad money. Do you know how to blow it on garbage that you can buy anywhere or on a very special one-of-a-kind souvenir? So – just don't completely deprive yourself on festive days. Your willpower will eventually snap and you'll end up overeating. Now, make the change, quote unquote, the habit. Staying physically active during the holidays. The result is less weight for the year. Now, the proof of this is um, a study conducted by the U.S. government found, found that, uh, hold on a sec, I gotta like, gotta quiet down this here. Sorry, Wayne, I had to mute your mic because there's too much uh, background noise, so I'll put you back on here in a, in a second. All right. A study conducted by the U.S. government found found that adults gained on an average more than a pound of body weight during the winter holidays, and that they were not at all likely to shed that weight the following year. 
Now, that may not sound like a lot now, but it means they have to buy roomier pants for a few Christmases past. The good news is that the people who reported the most physical activity throughout the holiday season showed the least weight gain. So some even managed to lose weight. So there you go. Stay active, folks. Don't just sit around and, and eat and do nothing. All right, next up, stock the freezer with healthy meals. Everyone's overly busy during the holidays and most time shopping, decorating, or seeing friends and family, which leaves less time to cook healthy meals. Take defensive action now. Uh, by cooking meals ahead of time, up to several weeks ahead of time. And these meals should be intended specifically for the freezer. You'll be thankful later when you can pop one of the meals into the oven or microwave and turn your your attention to writing out holiday cards with a personal message in each. Okay. Pour the gravy and sauces lightly. That's my weakness. I really love gravies. <laughs> Turkey gravy, chicken gravy, beef gravy, mushroom gravy. I love gravy. Um, Now, you might not be able to control what's being served at a holiday meal, but you can make the turkey, roast beef, and even mashed potatoes and stuffing much healthier by foregoing the sauce or gravy or just spooning on a small amount. Oh, no. What's the point? I look at that gravy boat and I go, what are y'all going to (laughs) have? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I love gravy. Okay, last but not least, you want to toast the new year with just one glass of bubbly. You may be celebrating, but that doesn't mean you should send your meal plan and your judgment on a holiday. Alcohol can interfere with your blood sugar by slowing down the release of glucose into the bloodstream. It also contains a lot of calories, 89 calories per glass of white wine or champagne, 55 calories in a shot of vodka, and 170 calories in a pint of stout. What's more, alcohol breaks down your inhibitions and judgment, which makes you that much less likely to resist the junk foods that you would other otherwise be able to pass up. And it breaks down your communication skills, too. If everything is one big vowel movement, you've got a problem. <laughs> no more I love you man type of stuff alright <laughs> so oh my god I thought, you were going, I thought you were going other places with that bitch judgment you know, that? you know you know a 2 of 10 and 10 2 where they make poor judgment decisions and the more alcohol they drink oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was everyone that makes poor judgments with every with every ounce of alcohol they drink. <laughs> I knew this gal though. I knew this gal um, back when I was like in my mid twenties that could outdrink most men under the table. I swear to God, you think my you're pretty cool with with your, with your vodka? This woman would drink you under the. You'd be passed out. She'd be like, "What?" <laughs> and I'm yep. like, "That's scary." Uh, she must. She must have been my ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was scary, but boy, she, she wow. sure was fun, and she stayed fun. She never got like ugly, sloppy. You know, she was mm-hmm. drunk. She wouldn't get like into fights or you know stuff like that. It was it was pretty cool. But anyway, you know, be careful, you guys out there, especially especially with the driving. You know, I don't go out at all New Year's New Year's Eve anymore because of the drunks out training. Mm-hmm. All right. If I have one well, sip of beer, I don't go out of the house. Right, right. 
Exactly. Hey, well, you how, know, how's the background noise on this mic? Oh, it's good. It's good. Okay, it's good. I, I, I went into the bathroom. Every, <laughs> we heard everything, like from walking around to whatever. I don't know what it was. I really? Know, I need, it's I need to it's mute where that. My, my bedroom is in my apartment. Oh, I see. It, yeah. Got it. All right, well, let's move on to Weird News. Weird News. Weird News, and I think that is Sensei Wayne. Here's the weird news. Man tries to snort cocaine during a traffic stop. Yes, even <laughs> as stupid as criminals are in Seattle. <laughs> yep, speaking of right Seattle. <laughs> speaking of Seattle, a 73-year-old man was arrested Tuesday night for allegedly snorting cocaine right in front of a Seattle police officer during a traffic stop. When the guy was just getting off with a warning, Seattle police officer Nick Abs Olson was on patrol in South Seattle Tuesday night when he noticed a man drive by him with his headlights off near Martin Luther King Jr. Way, South and South Massachusetts Street. The police officer pulls the man over, checked his license and registration, and was about to send him on his way. But as he walked up to the man's car, he saw the driver positioning out a scoop of cocaine on a small <laughs> small glass vial, according to <laughs> Seattle police. When Officer Absolson knocked on the window on the driver's side of the car, he apparently startled the man, <laughs> leading him to spill cocaine all over his hands and floor of the vehicle. Police said, what's in your left pocket or left hand? Absolson asked the driver. Nothing, replied the driver. Are you kidding, Absolson said? You're about to snort coke on the side of the road. <laughs> no, the man said, it's nothing. <laughs> I'm watching you do it, as Olson said. It's nothing. It's vitamin pills that I take. The driver asked, not sounding very sure that would fly. That's not a vitamin. As Olson said, I know. <laughs> I know. Came to reply. Moments later, the driver's in handcuffs <laughs> and, and exasperated. As Olson asked him, what would possess you? to do that on a traffic stop with the police officer right behind you. I just don't understand. I don't understand either, as the driver said. I never had a traffic ticket. I was going to come up and give you a warning, Absolson said. Still in disbelief, <laughs> officers did not immediately cite the man, but arrested and booked him into the King County Jail for narcotics possession. <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh That's crazy. <laughs> what an what an idiot! I, I okay. So I heard this on the radio, and it's 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 actually it's actually funnier uh, hearing the audio because there's a video that oh, goes yeah. with this, right? There's a video that goes with this, but it's not. It it doesn't show the the actual um it it doesn't feature the the audio from the from the policeman's uh -huh. light. It just it just <laughs> it's just showing or it's just uh, playing you know what the dispatcher is saying inside the yeah. car. But you know you can hear him like kind of throws his hands up in exasperation, and then when he brings the guy to the front of the car, 
you still can't hear him talking because you're still hearing the inside of the car. But he's like pointing at him, and the guy's got the guy's got his hands behind his back and he's shrugging, and, and the guy's looking at him like, "You are an idiot." <laughs> Have you ever seen? <laughs> have you ever seen the video that the the cop pulls the, this old man over and he is just totally smashed, and he walks up to him and he hand puts the breathalyzer up to him to blow in it, and the guy grabs the breathalyzer, looks at it, looks at the cop, and then tips it up like he's trying, like he's like trying he's to take a drink. drink. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that. Oh, that is hilarious. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that is funny. All right. Uh, up next, let's get on entertainment news. We've got Master Tony Collins joining us. How you doing, Tony? Absolutely wonderful. How are you? Really good. We got Wayne and Bob. Bob's actually on the line with us. He's driving. So that's hey, Tony. How you doing? Hey. hey, Bob, I'm doing great. How about you? Oh, that was Outside Wayne. Outside of driving. That was Wayne. Oh, hey, Wayne. How are you? Hey, good. How are you? Good. Wonderful. Thank awesome. you for asking. Awesome, awesome. Hey, so that's why you're reading the entertainment news today instead of Bob. Woohoo! Woohoo! I understand that. Woohoo! I like that. All right, well, let's get started with this. It says the Hunger Games theme park to open in Georgia in 2019. This is cool. Fans of the Hunger Games <laughs> series will soon be able to act out their own post fantasies with the opening of a Lionsgate theme park in uh, Bartow County, Georgia. That sounds oh, amazing. Yes. Yeah. Abitron Park has linked a deal with Lionsgate Entertainment to license content from the studio's most popular franchise for the $750 million property. Yowch. I wish I had that much money. I know, know, right? (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be the first of a kind park. Abitron Park CEO David Garrett told WSB-TV Atlanta, it's going to be totally interactive and immersive. It's technology and entertainment, and it's technology and entertainment. Those are the two critical words that we have to answer correctly each time we look at something. Mm-hmm. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. According to Garrett, the park will be able uh, or will be unlike traditional theme parks with rides like roller coasters. Instead. The property will use new technology to create a fully immersive experience through virtual environments. Bosto is about an hour north of Atlanta. Hmm. Yeah. Didn't know that. Lionsgate is a relatively new player to the theme park space, unlike Disney or Universal, which operate their own themed properties. Lionsgate plans to utilize the popularity of their movies like Warner Brothers, which license its characters like Batman and Bugs Bunny, to theme parks such as Six Flags and partnerships with Double Parks, I was, uh, Dubai, oh, Dubai, I'm sorry, parks. Dubai yeah. parks and resorts, <laughs> Double. <laughs> double. Well, in Dubai, everything's yeah. double. Double parks, they're having two, <laughs> it's a two-of-a-kind two deal. Yeah. <laughs> the company recently constructed a 
$3 billion entertainment complex between Abu Dhabi and Dubai in the United oh Arab Emirates. Two, three wow. billion dollars. That's, that's, that's what it says. Wow. Ouch. That's, that's some money. <laughs> Avatron will be the first U.S. property to host Hunger Games themed attractions. Other movie franchises that could make an appearance include Divergent and Twilight series, oh. as well as <laughs> dance shows based on steps upon movies. Uh, based on the Step Up movie, sorry. Uh, I was stuck on the Twilight thing. I was like, oh, no, I know. I'm glowing like, in pearly no. vampires. <laughs> yeah. So anything but that. Anything but. <laughs> exactly. Despite the decidedly unkind, fr- uh, that does say un- unkid-friendly theme of kids killing kids, the Hunger Games <laughs> series is likely to draw big crowds, according to Garrett. Yeah, I don't that drawing a huge crowd hey anyway says the ceo the hunger games has an enormous following and anyone that doesn't believe in it mm-hmm. just put it in google mm-hmm. avatron park plans to open in 2019 hmm. wow i don't know kids killing kids just doesn't seem to be a seller to me i mean it well, might be like... on a tv show but as a theme park yeah well you know it's funny it's like when the first Hunger Games came out, I got all sorts of phone calls about archery lessons. And I was like, holy moly, really? You know, you know, and, and it was always girls. You know, the parents would call in and go, well, you know, my nine-year-old girl wants to learn how to do archery. And I said, well, I'm not a certified, you know, archery instructor. I, I do Japanese archery, and that's a lot different than what most people consider archery. Why does your daughter want to learn archery? Well, she just saw the Hunger Games. I'm like, well, that's not what I teach. <laughs> no, no, that's a European bow style. Yeah, but yeah. it's like, but it's like, you know, I mean, Logan's Run actually wasn't all that cool too. But there were a lot of, you know, Logan's Run lunch boxes and, you know, and st- I mean, I thought it was cool, but it was like, geez, you know, you're dead when you're 30, basically. You go away when you're <laughs> yeah. 30. That's, that was the premise. You are, you don't exist after you're 30, you know. Darn, I um, 14 years ago. Yeah, you know, so it was like, but I, I guess what I guess what, um, what the question should be is, do kids really know what the Hunger Games is about, or are they just seeing the violence and thinking that, oh, hey, here's this chick that, that can shoot arrows and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, whatever. So right. anyhow. Oh right! They're throwing well, a lot be... of money at it, though. Yeah, they are. I, I mean, I'd be interested in seeing it if I was ever in Georgia. So, I've never been to Georgia. I mean, I guess it would be an interesting thing, but I don't See, know if I. See, that's what I wonder, there. though. I mean, is that how most people would feel? Well, if I'm going through Georgia, sure, but I've yeah, got I'm not going to make a go to, or I've got this theme park or that theme park. Am I going right. to make a true turn of events to go to this? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, exactly. Right. Good that's, right. On that I'm market. not going to do that. If I was driving through, I would I would stop by, but I right. know. I'm not going to Here, I'm going to like go to Georgia and go see the Hunger Games theme park. <laughs> Come on. Get, oh. get, get, get your bow, <laughs> get your arrows and let's go. 
All right. So let's do this. Let's let's take a, let's take a short four minute break. And when we come back, we're going to open up the mics. We're going to talk about anything and everything martial arts. And we want to hear from you listeners. Give us a call. Three, four, seven, six, seven, seven, zero, six, nine, nine. We also have a chat board. So key in on that on the blog talk radio show marquee. And if you don't want to call us, feel free to type your questions or comments or uh, subject suggestions in there but you know what to give us a call so anyway we'll be right back after this don't go away now if you own a gun you have a full-time responsibility when you aren't using it be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children troubled teenagers a thief or anyone else who might misuse it your family friends and neighbors are all counting on you remember always lock it up For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Dear parents, much of what we learn in this world comes directly from you. Whatever your message is, it will become part of us forever. Please teach us to accept one another. Teach us to respect one another. Please, do not fill our minds with hatred. Do not expose us to bigotry. Do not teach us to judge each other by race, religion, orientation, or the color of our skin. Teach us the concept of tolerance. Teach us to understand one another. Teach us to accept people of different cultures and persons with different beliefs than yours. Please help us to create a world where every man, woman, and child is treated equally. Dear parents, please don't teach us words of hate. We learn from you every moment. If you use certain words which might be hurtful to others, we will repeat that word. Please don't show us acts of hate. If you act against people of different faiths, we will repeat your actions. Dear parents, we are your children, and we are relying on you to help us create a world where every person is tolerant of one another. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It it really reflects on the style and the the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial arts. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T. Joe Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. have an idea for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert. Your source for martial arts talk radio. Okie dokie, and we are back. This is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Restita and Robert. 
and Wayne and Tony. <laughs> it's a full house today <laughs> at the dojo, and it is open mic mania. It's open mic night, and we're going to be talking about anything and everything martial arts. Um, we're just going to go ahead and get that discussion started with just a few subjects, but if you, our listeners, have something that you want to talk about in regards to martial arts, it could be a question about training or fitness or forms or self-defense or whatever, go ahead and give us a call, 347-677-0699. Let's just talk about what you want to talk about. All right. Now, what I want to do is I want to pick up where we left off on a previous open mic night. We were we had touched on the subject of that attitude that some people have that uh, forms or kata are useless. And uh, some of us beg to differ. Um, and, you know, and there are people out there that would agree with that. Um, so we're just going to go ahead and uh, and talk about that. Now, for our listeners out there that are new to martial arts, well, what is form? What is kata? Well, in a nutshell, kata or kyun or taolu, whatever you want to call it in, in any other art that you have, is basically a collection of movements that are choreographed together um, as a training drill. And uh, in the old days, these training drills were designed by the masters to teach different fighting techniques um, or uh, ways of movement. Basically, it was uh, teaching you fundamentals, right? And uh, you practice them and you practice them. And uh, its whole premise was that it was supposed to complement your fighting training. However, nowadays, people tend to think that the practice of kata is useless and is good for absolutely nothing. And um, I want to get the panel's uh, opinion on this. And our panel, again, is Sensei Wayne Riley of Karate, Master Tony Collins of Kempo, Sifu Bob, who does a bajillion other things, <laughs> Wing Chun, <laughs> and Tang Chuan Do, and Kali, and stuff like that. I want to, we want to kind of get the panel together and, and talk about this a little bit. So why don't we start with Bob? Bob, if you've got your mic on, um, let's get your opinions about about this attitude about Kata. <laughs> what do you think, Bob? You know, first off, I noticed you took the attitude right away. I bet Bob has his mic off. (laughs) (laughs) Right away. It's like, if you got your mic on, why don't you talk? Um, Well, there's a couple uh, uh, thoughts on it. One is, it is a library of techniques you can pull from. Uh, Mm -hmm. Some are advanced, some are not. When you're in a uh, confrontation, you're going to pull from the basics. Now, if you're in a confrontation, you use a form from a, a, a technique from a former kata. Can you name what former kata that that's from? I doubt it, because you're not going to remember what technique you used. Right. Very, very useful to create a puzzle memory as long as now I'll preface it as long yeah. as your instructor is teaching the bunkai to each technique. If they're not, exactly. yes, they are useless. Right. Exactly. Or am I going to get exactly. crap from my instructors on that? About about the practice of forms, you mean? Yes, because oh. if you don't 
teach them correctly with the proper no. If you don't know what the bunk tie is, you're not going to be able to use that. No, exactly. Not at all. Exactly. And yep. for our for our beginners out there that might be listening, bunkai is basically the, the application. And the the neat thing about bunkai is that every move can is not limited to just one application. No. Right? I mean that's the that's that's many, the beauty many, behind many. the art of it. Yeah, there's many. So with that said, let's go to Sensei Wayne, who is a kata expert extraordinaire from Karate. So, what are, what are your thoughts about the usefulness <laughs> well, you of know, kata? You know, kata as just as just kata is useless. Just by yep, itself, yep. it is useless. If you do not have the proper bunkai, those exactly. are just wasted. Because you know, all it takes is a turn of a foot to change into many, many, many more different techniques. Yes, sir. You know, uh-huh. uh, slip from one stance to another. You know, you're uh-huh. creating more. Um, kata as a whole. Very, very, very useful. Very useful, um, especially like if you know the bunkai, if you know how to look for the bunkai, um, mm-hmm. because it's it's not all exposed that easy. You know, you really have to spend you know at least ten or twelve years doing kata to fully understand what a kata is. Now, right. a lot of a lot of styles don't disagree. They want to or disagree. They want to get in there, and everything has to start with fighting, 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 fighting. Well, that's that's fine. You know. Um, if you're practicing, you know, just for today's society, but but karate as a whole, it stems from you know hundreds and hundreds of years of, of training, you know, in the Okinawan culture to develop all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, so they had to hide technique. So to remember technique, they would do the kata over and over and mm-hmm. over again. And it, it said that um, um, uh, the, the the creator Gojuru that he would have his students perform seisan up to 10 years, just nothing with seisan kata. Wow, cool. You know? Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes but, yeah, sense. I, I mean, I enjoy kata. I be, kata is relaxing um, to me. Uh, I, I love to show a student how to break a kata down by numbers and mm-hmm. be able to call those numbers out and know where you're at. You know, mm-hmm. and and from there, figure out a bunkai from that position. I mean, it's once you see them, you know, doing doing their techniques across the floor, doing their kata together in, in sequence. I mean, it's beautiful. It really is beautiful. It is. But it is. that's all it is when you just look at it and that's all you see. And, yeah. and for most people, that's all they see, you know, is these mm-hmm. people performing these kata. That's all they see is people performing the kata. They don't see the people... Right you know, living the kata, doing the kata, you know, with, with all the extra techniques that go with them, you know, through the bunkai. You know, we, we were always required to take a piece of bunkai and and, and we want to see you flow from at least five to ten techniques either way and perform them on, perform them on command. You know, mm-hmm. we used to have to do that day in and day out. So it, it's just kind of drilled into my head, you know, with right. kata. But, but I enjoy it too. Very cool. Awesome. What about you, Tony? What's, what are your oh, thoughts on no, kata? Fun. I like <laughs> kata. I really do. Uh, but uh, I am surrounded by Okinawan Gojiruists who have, in my opinion, some of the, the neatest and prettiest kata. Mm-hmm. And when I see mm-hmm. them, I see their techniques and their kata are complete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is something that draws me to 
their idea of kata. Mm -hmm. I have a slight problem with Kenpo's idea of kata or forms, as we call it, because the techniques and the forms are not even remotely the same sometimes. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. as such, it puts a serious dampening on what I like and don't like in it. So what I have done for my students is I have asked them, what is your goals in my Kenpo class? Are your mm -hmm. goals spiritual? Are your goals physical? Are your goals to fight? Are your goals to do something else? Because if your goals are spiritual, I'll teach forms to you all day long. You'll love it. I'll take you through mm -hmm. everything that I know and then some. And right. even throw in some, some that I learned on the way that have nothing to do with it. But if, mm -hmm. as a for instance, the, the student says that all they really want to do is no basic self-defense or no fighting or something like that, I'm not going to confuse them by utilizing a kata or form that changes the technique on them. When we learn our techniques in number style, like a, a, using delayed sword as a for instance for my kinfolk friends out there, move number mm -hmm. one being your inward block, move number two being your kick, move number three being your extended outward block. Those, mm -hmm. those type movements like that, I'm not going to confuse those when they get changed in, in a form. Uh, I won't confuse them with, with showing them that form that they get changed mm -hmm. in. Now, don't get me wrong. Basic forms, in my personal opinion, are the greatest there is. The forms oh, that teach yes. you the basic movements. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Any basic Giancatas. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Those, by all means. We call those sets in Kenpo. Our basic forms are called sets. So we have like blocking set one, blocking set two, kicking set, so on and so forth. And those sets, I, I will teach them no matter what, because those sets right there, they they are the meat and potatoes of the system itself. They are the, mm -hmm. the teaching building blocks of the system. So mm -hmm. it's a short form one, long form one, short form two, long form two. Those are... Mm -hmm are not technique forms. Those are basics forms. Those are teaching you how to block and then punch or block, block, and then punch or things mm -hmm. like that. But as far as when we get into the, the numbers, uh, short form three and on up that deal with the techniques themselves, eh, I'm a little bit different than everyone else because I, I kind of turn, I, I kind of turn toward the, this isn't going to teach this student this technique it breaks it apart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. But yes, basic sure. forms are an absolute must. They are. Oh, yeah. They are. I, yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm a firm believer in that. And and on top of the, uh, I know Sensei Wayne said that they were relaxing. Um, and, uh, you know, and you're saying that it's the meat and potatoes, Tony, of any given art, which is true, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. it's, uh, you know, I look at forms as also being an important self-training aid when you don't have a partner. Now, here's the here's the kicker is that, you know, a lot of people when they look at kata, uh, namely the people that, <laughs> that don't believe in kata, right? They, like Wayne said, you know, all they see is the outward look of it. You know, just a bunch of people in their white jammies doing their mm -hmm. little dance and stuff like that, right? <laughs> yeah, well, let's look at let's look at let's look at these like let's look at some of the people that that really lamb blast Tata and we could say the same thing about them. Well look at you all pounding on each other in your little tidy whitey shorts and no shirt, you know, with fingerless gloves. I mean you, you know, it's like 
you know, it's it, it's not like that in the street either. Now, um, you know, and Bob said it perfectly that that kata or forms are a, a great library or an encyclopedia of sorts of your art techniques, a catalog, right? Kind of like you know, in many of the uh, Japanese uh, uh systems, you know, if you got to be a certain level, you would be presented with the quote unquote catalog of that art's secret, that art's, you know, uh, mm-hmm. technique, stuff like that. And it, it was there all in writing. Well, you know, until then you, you have that catalog in your body. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I personally think that it's a great, uh, a great way to, to, to really know what your art is all about. Um, oh yeah, definitely. And, and, but this is a disclaimer for all the kids out there that are learning kata. You, you know, you can once you learn the bunkai use the the kata applications on a partner. You know, however, don't use don't use kata in place of training with a partner. You have to figure out if you can apply your techniques against a partner. You know, and that's what kumite is for. That's what sparring is for. That's what light. Yes. grappling for right and uh the other cool thing i like about kata is right. really can't punch your training partners as hard as you can every day they're just not gonna want that <laughs> right? mm-hmm. you can't kick them as hard as you can every day they're just not gonna want it however in your katas you can you can express your kata with as much power as you'd like and 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 practice your explosiveness day in and day out, so that way when you do need to explode, boom, there it is. I mean, and, you know, and what's mm-hmm. good too with with you know doing doing your kata, your kian, or or your basics, uh, or your bunkai. When you're doing those with a partner, um, it gives you more of a of a uh, a different type of not necessarily sparring but a mm-hmm. way of doing the technique, which are, exactly. in essence, when you look at them broke down, mm-hmm. they're just they're just real-world application. I mean, they're just, yeah. you know, everything you do in your basic life, your movements and everything, you know, they've just learned to combine those in a quick snapping pow motion. Yeah, you know? definitely. So, you know, when you practice those day in and day out, you're going to get that power, you know, mm-hmm. that focus, you know. You're going to get those things. And and it's going to make your mind sharper. Your technique's going to be clear. You're going to hit harder, or you're going to block harder. Are you one or the other? Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when you have when you have that partner, if that partner doesn't know the opposite part of that kihan, he's going to get hit. But yeah. when you see mm-hmm. them work together, even when you see them work together, I mean they, they're just really really cool looking. When you take mm-hmm. that basic technique and work its way up to the advanced portion of the mm-hmm. technique, you know. Exactly. You can't just look at even the basics and say, you know, oh, this is all there is to that. No, there's not. That's just the right. basic the basic form of that technique. Mm-hmm. And you take that and you build on it, just like you don't, you don't, you don't build a house on sand, right? You know, the house is right. going to wash away. You build right. it on a right. foundation. Everything has to have a foundation. Your foundation right. are your basics, your kihan, you know, uh, your bunkai, your kata, you know, all all of that are your basics, your building blocks. You know, once you get those basic building blocks, you know, all all the all the books in your brain, as you said, all your encyclopedia in your brain, you know, you can pull those up. You know, you're going to practice those things 
thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of times. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, there's something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you exactly. know, things that drive me crazy are are watching some of these these XMA katas that are they're pulling themselves off as 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 a martial art. Martial is war, the war arts, the fighting mm-hmm. arts. You know, yeah. a lot of these things I don't see as you know they're 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 creating you know false technique. You know, as this is a block or this is a punch or this is a mm-hmm. kick. It, you know, things aren't chambered properly. They're just thrown out there wildly. It's just mm-hmm. it, it complete mockeries up there. You know, what is what is a word to coin? Um, <laughs> your style. <laughs> mockeried <Yeah>. up. <laughs> mockeried up. You just turned it into a verb. <laughs> hey, look at there. Look at one now. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's I just find it interesting that some people, and I'm not, and, and, and I'm not. And, and, you know, the thing here, I'm not saying that to be mean about their style. That's just my opinion of what right. I see. In my 44 years of experience uh, of, of doing, you know, 99%, you know, traditional uh, uh, Japanese or, or Okinawan um, karate. Oh no, I, I you know that's just my. I'm not downing them. They, you know, they've got good physical abilities and 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 you know leaping and and jumping abilities and things like that. You know that that's phenomenal. But you know all that's going to get you is just good wind because you know if you don't have good wind, you're not going to be able to do the technique. And all right. those flailing abouts are getting you good wind. So at least you're getting some some benefit from it, some true benefit from it. Exactly. Exactly. And um, I was actually going to say that, you know, not all MMA practitioners. No, no, no. They're not MMA. You know, I was talking XMA. Oh, yeah, you know, XMA, the, the but, flailing yeah, about. XMA. But the flailing, even yeah, still, yeah. it's all, everything, everything's going to be a fad. You know that? Everything comes yeah. and goes. It comes and goes. And we don't know what's going to be next. You know, it, it could be line dancing again or you know, it could yeah. be uh, the jujitsu two-step, or you know what I'm saying. We don't know. Yeah, it's just it's just that you know so, sometimes I, I I hear this attitude of cutters are useless from yeah, the yeah. M- from the MMA crowd, me nuts. stuff like that, and it drives me nuts too because because I mean there are pros and cons to MMA too. I mean, yeah. you know. Again, one of them is you're not going to get to wear those cool fingerless gloves. You don't get to well, wear those. Another thing that they're not shorts. thinking about, it too, is natural ability. Yeah. You know, not everybody has natural ability to do mm. these things. They they, they can Very apply true. these techniques and use these techniques, but to have natural ability, you know, that's that's one in how many thousand, you know, that's going to have that natural ability. You know, you, you may have a thousand students sign up, but in the end, you're only going to wind up with maybe two or three of those students. In right. actuality, yep. that's going to complete the black belt. Right. You know, and that's, now, what, that's what just you, the hard truth of it. Yeah. Now, why don't we why don't we do this? Um, someone's been holding for quite a while, so let's go ahead and bring this, uh, oh, bring yes. this mic up. You know, I can We've get got, long-winded. <laughs> We've got area code 704. 704, is this uh, Daniel? Hey, hey, hey. That's exactly right. Hey, how you guys and doing? Hello. Today? Really good, Professor. How are you? Hey, I'm absolutely fine. I, I uh I'm really enjoying this conversation, this topic on Kata. You guys have really brought up some excellent points. I'm I'm an avid Kata man myself. I enjoy Kata very much. Uh of course I'm I'm from a Kaja Kimball system, so you know that 
you know, our core of the system is definitely rugged, rapid-fire self-defense street survival. Yes, mm-hmm. However, I definitely, definitely start my students off with fundamental foundation, and Kata is it. And I'm in a position to where uh, at, at this point of, uh, of my training and my teaching, I have a variation of, of Kata because uh, in the beginning what I knew is what I taught. Uh, yeah. As, as a young instructor, so you know the first few forms that Carlos opinion that I learned is what I taught. Uh, but then mm-hmm. through years and years of, of teaching, you know, there's a quote that says, "If uh, if students won't learn the way you teach them, then teach them the way they learn." So mm-hmm. I have a, a series of katas that are very Japanese and Okinawa, mm-hmm. all right, with the, the linear stances. The square, develop block, develop balance, develop power, you know, positive and negative structure. I've got those kind And then mm-hmm. I've got the Kajikimbo pinyons. And you know mm-hmm. what those are like. You know, yes, good sir. food, rapid fire, snap, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, then I have a mixture with what I call the key forms. You know, key KI for, you know, strength and mobility forms. And I've uh-huh. got uh, Shaolin forms that I use. So, mm-hmm. and sometimes I may have five students that would do better at the Okinawan style development. And right. I, I have another five students that, that would do better with the uh, Kajikimbo Pinyons, you know. Mm-hmm. So however they learn is what I deliver to them. And if I have to use kata to get that message across, then that's what I do. And emotional content, when they develop that emotional content, I heard one of the gentlemen speaking of that earlier, that expression mm-hmm. and that accomplishment when they get the technique mm-hmm. right, and I'm going to let them know that that's what I'm looking for. Yes, now you've got it. And that's yeah. So yes, yeah, I, and I, I exactly love this topic right. tonight. I love it. Exactly. exactly and, you know, it's, right. it's 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 great that you that you mentioned that that you know the different katas might resonate with exactly. different people, right? And I found right. the same thing. I found that some people resonate a little bit better with like the the kali and eskrima type of flow, uh, as exactly. opposed to the butokukan karate type of you know uh, forms that I've built in right. my curriculum you know and then there's like the kind of like the the middle ground the chun fa one up kendo which exactly. is kind of kung fu still kind of you know kajikambo some people really like that some people really right. just like the the japanese style and you know it just kind of depends but in all in no matter what style that uh, what style form that <clears> resonates <throat> to them it all goes to one place and that's their exactly. personal fighting strategy right and exactly. that's all, at that point, that's what matters. And I think what's missing with a lot of with a lot of people, whether they're um, you know uh, beginning martial arts students in any art or you know uh, advanced level like uh, brown belt uh, and first degree black belt, is that they don't yet have the capability or the knowledge to be able to see deeper into their form. Mm-hmm. They just see the outward, you know, shell of the exactly. form. They just haven't read the book, you know. They, they see the cover, right. but they mm-hmm. haven't read the book. Yeah, and, I um, Yeah, and I think, you know, and I think that's where a lot of the young uh, modern martial artists, you know, are at. You know, they're like, oh, you know, I don't want to spend time on the on the on the katas and I don't want to wear the uniforms. I want to do what I want to do and you know, mm-hmm. I want to add this jujitsu and add this boxing and do this and do that. And that's you know, that's great, but you know, the traditional arts will give us that too, if you know what 
to do if you've read mm-hmm. the book. Well, and, you know, um, you can you can exactly. jump around and watch these videos and 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 pick up these That's techniques and all do. this and that. <laughs> but if you don't know how to truly execute that technique in no more than one way, right? It's yeah. a waste. It is. It's true. a waste. It you know, yeah. you you still you still have to learn the full application of the technique, you know, mm-hmm. to, to be able to appreciate the whole, you know, the power of the technique, the power that's in the technique. You know, there's a lot exactly. more right. than just, you know, getting somebody in a rear naked choke. You know, there's more. You have to get to that point you have to be to able get to there. perform yes. that rear exactly. naked choke. You don't get, yeah. and then you're there. <laughs> you know, there are applications that you have to go through to get there. No matter how you look at it, if not, that you do, you cannot perform the technique properly. And I have seen that so many times. Yeah. Right. You know, right. Just right. just two weekends ago at a, at a tournament, uh, watching some of these guys uh, perform their jujitsu, you could tell who actually studied and who who just went to class. Yeah. Yeah, and then there's another example where, and I've uh, experienced this through my years, and I'm sure you guys have as well. There's another example where, you know, uh, I'm, I'm training students fundamentally in a dojo, and they're there every day. They're dressed up every day. They're going through their push-ups, their 500 kicks. They're learning and they're developing these techniques. And then you have, I want to bring back up that natural ability thing. Then you have the ones with natural ability who are very good fighters. So mm-hmm. fundamentally, fundamentally they'll come in at, at, at a basic level, and they fight well. They mm-hmm. fight well, but they don't want to put the time in like some of the other yeah. students. Right. You know, yeah. so they'll, they'll go to competition, and they'll do well in the beginner's division and maybe in the intermediate <clears throat> division. But then when they get to the advanced division, those same people that they used to dominate as beginners who trained real, real hard to develop the system, they can't touch them now. <laughs> mm-hmm. wow. man yeah it's it, and it, yeah it's 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 amazing though how how some people just automatically poo poo the katas before they even know what it is that's just my right. you know that's just my observation now we've talked a lot about the positive pros about kata what are your guys' thoughts about the cons of kata. Anybody here? Well, with 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 me, with the with cons, if if a technique isn't performed correctly, you know, you you can do more damage than you can good. Right. Right. You know. Right. So you, you're gonna you're gonna have to have someone that knows how to teach kata. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's anybody can learn kata, but you need a good good person to actually teach kata. Yeah. And teach kata properly. If you don't, you know, and, and I'd say my cons would be, you know, just having faulty instructors. Yeah. It's all it's all going to work if you do it right. But, you know, if you have faulty instructors, that would be the only con I can think of you could have. Yeah. yeah and what about and to, and to, and to elaborate, to, to elaborate on that, I agree with him 100%. Uh, is the physical ability of your students. If you don't have exactly. the teaching skills to uh, to show a student another variation because yeah. you yeah. can't quite do what this other student does, then yes. that's a con. If you don't have the instructor to know how to, how to do that and show another variation. Exactly. So I agree with that. Exactly. I've seen, I've not seen, but I've heard 
of certain schools that will not promote students to an upper level, even though they've, you know, learned to cut or whatever, they won't promote people to an upper belt if if their physical condition, such as, you know, they've been uh, they've been made a uh, paraplegic and they're in a wheelchair, right? right? right. They, they, they refuse to promote them because they cannot do that sidekick. Or, exactly. you know, if you've got cerebral palsy or something like that, they, they won't right. they'll keep them at a low level because... Can anybody hear that? They can't... But yeah. Yes, but I can hear. They'll refuse to promote those people because they can't, you know, uh, punch correctly because of their cerebral palsy or something like that. And I'm thinking, right. what? Are you serious? If these people are going to be mm-hmm. paying their tuition, if they're going to be coming day in and day out to your school, and they're studying just as hard as everyone else, you know, with two legs or two arms or whatever. Right. Then, we have a multiple sclerosis instructor. Oh, yeah. there's multiple there. sclerosis, and he teaches. See yeah, there? see, how cool is that? How cool is that? I, I You know, I've I've taught people in walkers. I've taught, you know, mm-hmm. people in wheelchairs and one arm, no arms, you know, one leg. And it's it's yeah. all about how you present the art to them. A lot of people, especially new instructors, not all, but just some, you know, will, te- like you said, Professor, will teach what they were taught. And right. they don't yet have that experience of modifying the kata. Yeah. However, deep into. That, that, yeah, you have to, you have to have that, 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 that skill of number one, knowing your kata in order to mm-hmm. modify. Um, and I, that just comes with time, and that just makes you a better it does. instructor. It does. I, I believe it makes you a better instructor. What about you, Bob? It what do you think are some of the negatives about kata? Since we're you know talking about it, Mike on. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bob. Sorry, I had to step away, guys. I had to be dead for a minute. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought dad. I thought you said dead. Yeah, oh, that's what that was. Okay, okay. Yes. All right. Oh wait, Bob. I think I think we lost Bob. We did lose Bob. Oh, well, did <laughs> probably you go, in a, Bob? He's probably in a dead zone for cell cell reception. <laughs> what about you, Tony? What do you think are some? Uh, you have any uh, ideas as to you know what could be some cons about traditional kata? Uh, some qualms about him. I actually kind of mentioned them it's just uh, when the system and the kata don't match right right yeah. when oh, when right. yeah when yeah when you when you have a little problem with the system and the kata not matching up exactly then then i've heard so many people say different things like well then the, you could teach it both ways you could teach it you know this technique mm-hmm. runs this way or it runs that way but you already in this system kind of teach these students that these techniques aren't written in stone. They're like an open forum of language right. that you use. So we don't want to try to teach it in four, five, or six different ways. We want to let the student actually progress and grow to where they learn the, learn the applications on their own, and then it brings out their fighting style. And that's kind of how most martial arts are, in my opinion, supposed to work anyway. Mm-hmm. Bring out the idea from the student themselves to get them into the art, to see what the art's all about, and then to see what they can add to it or what they can bring yeah. to the table. You know, and cool is to be across the floor and watch them, watch when that, that click hits. Right. Yeah. 
concept to me should look like this. And I've said this time and time again. Hey, it's great that I can see you, but I want to see your opponent. Anytime you're doing a, a kata, I want to see every opponent you have, and they better not be the exact same height either. Mm-hmm. Right. Because oh, yeah, exactly. Are, or the same weight. None of us are gonna. None of us are gonna fight somebody who's our exact same size, our exact no. same height, our exact right. same weight. So I can't handle it when I see somebody who's doing this, or when I see that they're blocking somebody who's twelve foot tall. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Really. Exactly. Yeah. I always ask my students, "What are you blocking up there?" Yeah. yeah exactly. Who's taller than I am? Well, really? That tall? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Not a guy as a diving hawk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think one of the one of the things that kind of drives me insane is um, <laughs> is the fact that uh, again, you know, looking at the cover of the kata and not reading the book, uh, you know, it's yeah. it, it drives me insane when people think. That 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 kata is going to be the way you fight. Now let me reiterate on that because technically, yes, you know, kata will be the way you fight. But what I'm saying is that you're not going to, you know, look to you're not going to deal with the guy on the left first and then drop down into a nice oh, low yeah, exactly. stance and do right. a picture perfect downward block and then he's going to oh you hit him and then he's going to like stumble backwards and then you punch him in the stomach and then now there's someone behind you you know it's it's not like that a lot of people don't see that it's the in between moves it's the coming from this stance to that stance you know you have to open up and expand once you start opening up expanding in between each technique then that part opens up and expands more that part opens up and expands more it continues to go and go and go until you, you have some of the most beautiful smooth looking techniques you know that that are are fight ending you know done beautifully you yeah, know? yeah. But and that, look that, how long it takes you to insane. get there. Exactly. You have it to put in your time. Exactly. You know, that's another thing that drives me nuts is people that don't put in their time in the martial arts, but they oh. want to wear their time around their waist. That that leads us into our into the next oh, that yeah. I really wanted to talk about. I, I wanted to talk about the martial arts wannabes. These are the people. That, like you Can said, we include phonies their... into that too? What's that? Can we include phonies into that too? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we, we will. Because, you know, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just going to talk in terms of like, you know, MMA because, um, uh, you know, I, I see too many like 18, 19 year olds wearing like Fairtex junk and wearing tap out shirts and, you know, and, and stuff like that. And, and they're just and, and and they watch junk on YouTube and then they go around saying that they're MMA experts. Oh, yeah. and they can watch everything. Well, cause they, they bought them USC a... gloves. They exactly. bought them USC gloves <laughs> oh. at nine ninety nine at, at Walmart, you know, it makes them a MMA master. <laughs> right. I remember, I, I remember a new a new student a new a new student started uh, this was a couple of years ago. A new student started with me, and I said, "Well, you know, Kati Kembo, it's America's first mixed martial art. It's it's not quite the UFC stuff, but you know, 
our we do mix our stuff together, you know, Judo, Jitsu, Kempo, Northern Southern Chinese boxing. Um, blah, blah, blah. And he said, "Oh, that sounds awesome. I've always I've always wanted to to learn mixed martial art." I'm like, "Well, oh, okay. <laughs> Keep in mind, it's not <laughs> USC. We will be doing mitt work. So if you've got some bag gloves or something like that from your previous dojo, then please bring them. Otherwise, we've got some bag gloves for you to use. So anyway, he shows up with his century MMA bag gloves." And a tap out cap and rash <laughs> and, <I'm like, laughs> and I'm like, really? really? And I said, dude, you know, and he comes in and we're, you know, we've got like, you know, some people wearing the shirt, pants, and their sash. Some people are wearing like their judo gi, the top, and their pants. Yeah. You know, and, and here he is with his rash guard. And, <laughs> you know, like that, I'm like, are you serious? Seriously? <laughs> hey, what, what, what about what about the guys that that you know once they get their black belt, they create their own style? What do you think oh. about those guys? Uh, let's start with let's start with Professor on that one. <laughs> Are you coming to me? Yes. Uh, you know, uh, Imperato said, uh, he who masters his style is a hard man to beat. So if you master your style, that means you've developed a self-character. You know? You've got a, I think one of the gentlemen mentioned earlier, you know, that time, the time that you put in and understanding the fundamentals of where yeah. the style came from, that's where the variations came from, the different the, the different branches were formed in the first place, is you have yeah. someone who mastered the style. Now, if you master right. the style, mm-hmm. And you develop character, then sure, there are some things that are going to come out uh, that you develop as, as well when you start teaching. It's not going to be exactly the way you were taught. It won't be exactly the way you were taught. You know, so right. those variations will come out and they will stand out in a good instructor. You know, because I've had to do that to make sure that I could get my message across to other students. Uh, my instructors were Air Force guys. You know what happens there? They only spend so much time in town and then they're gone. So I'm I'm left alone trying to teach a Kaji Kimbo system, and I've got students looking at me with these big eyes saying, where do we go from here? <laughs> <laughs> so I've had, I had to do a lot of studying on uh, Matsuyama. I did a lot of studying with Bruce Lee. I did a lot of studying with Ed Parker, you know, the books that they put out to try to come up with other ideas, listening to, to their philosophy. Now, I think some guys can develop some styles uh, well. But just because you get your black belt and say, hey, look, I'm going to create my own style, no, I have a problem with that. Yes. Yeah. Or they they go in and change the positioning of a block or a stance or, you know, know, well, well, I created my style. No, come on, guys. Come on. All you're doing is bastardizing, you know, a a true art form. That's all you're doing. Right. Right. 21 and 22 years old. Are you freaking kidding me? Yeah. Oh. You know. Oh, I know. That drives me up the wall. I mean, I look at it this way, that there that there are methods of teaching and art, and then there are yes. styles. You know, yes. I really don't think that one can create a style if, if, if no, style no, no. Been exactly. long I have I have a story I mean, when I can get methods. a chance. Yeah. And it's like for people to go, oh, I have my own style. You have your own method. You don't yeah. have your right. own style. You know, right, like, right, right. You know, yep. love the terminology. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's it's, I, I, and I think some people, uh, 
some people, <laughs> the 21 and 22-year-olds, mis misunderstand the difference between style and method. I mean, it's yeah. like, really, I mean, okay, if someone gets their black belt in, like, let's say three years, does that make them capable or knowledgeable enough to create their even no. their own method? No, it no. doesn't. No. It's like, come on, you know, no. it just, it's, that drives me insane. Yeah, to wanna me too. The people that talk the talk but can't walk the walk, and, yeah. and you see a lot of that nowadays. In I had the I had day. the same guy, one year, almost to the day of meeting him, uh, see him again at a tournament this past weekend. <clears throat> Last year, approached me. No one would talk to the guy because he's running around with a gold, with a, a red belt with gold writing on it. The guy's like 24, 25 years old, okay? Oh. So you're thinking, I'm thinking he's first Q, maybe, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, You know? No. <laughs> because some styles have the red belt, which makes it a lot exactly. confusing for people. So I'm thinking, Correct. you know, well, maybe. Very Let's cute. see. So I go down and know he's in the master's division. I'm like, whoa. Okay. What? Okay. This guy must have some <laughs> phenomenal kata to enter the master's division. <laughs> so we watched him, and he comes up and he does wants to do. He says, "Man, please take off my shirt to perform my kata." And they said, well, "Which kata are you going to perform?" He said, "San Chen." And they okay. said, "Well, why All do you right. want to take your shirt off?" He said, "So I can be able to show the variation in muscle tone." That's not what San Chen's about. No. Right. Oh, right. Complete, I mean, I've seen you know, people do it. It's a conflict of the mind, body, and spirit. Yeah, you know? I've seen people and your do body it, but I never to break free from that. <laughs> I've seen you know, people and to do see it, this guy. Well, this guy didn't even have any muscle tone. <laughs> <laughs> he had he had Dunlap, you know, and he was just out of the guy. He had man boobs, and you know, at twenty some years old. I mean, I had I had better looking chest than that guy did. And and we did, we sat there and we laughed and we laughed and we laughed, you know, kind of silent. We didn't laugh out loud. We didn't. We you know we showed respect regardless. I'm not gonna laugh at someone's face if I'm not if I don't see them doing something that you know I don't like, you know that that's on me. You know I don't have to spread that around. You know what I mean? But I could not hold it back. I could not hold it back. <laughs> so the, I gave the guy my card. We exchanged cards, right? And mine stays right on there, my rank and all this. And the guy calls me like two days later, and I'm like, who in the hell is this? And he clicked, oh, my God, it's that kid from the tournament. And he's trying to explain his style and everything because he had seen on one of my gi, my gi tops that I had uh, uh, an Ishinru um, patch on there. Mm-hmm. And he asked me, and I said, yes. I said, I said, I trained in Ishinru. I said, I said, the only thing different is, is I call it American Ishinru. I said, because some of the ways we do things, you know, we've just Americanized a little bit. Uh-huh. And, and the guy says, well, let's, you know, I'd like to, to exchange some views on that. I created my own style. And I said, wait a second, dude. I said, you've you're created a style. Old. I said, let's, yeah. so I said, I said, <laughs> I said you're, you're under the age of 25 years old. I said, you're not even old enough to be considered a wrenchy. I said, you know what a wrenchy yeah. is? I said, a wrenchy is basically a six to seven three black belt. I mm-hmm. said, I said mm-hmm. you know, the, the reason no one's talking to you is because you're you're a mockery. I said mm-hmm. you haven't done anything. I said you have copied a, I've copied someone else's stuff and claimed that it's yours. You haven't created anything different. Right. All you've done is create your method of what you do. And he says, "Well, I can explain the method to you." I said, "You don't have to." I said, "I understand the method of what you've done." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, flash forward one year, okay? Uh-huh. At the tournament this past weekend, I look up and see the guy. The belt that he had on at the tournament is now so tattered, you can't hardly tell what it is. Mm-hmm. Now, this is that same fancy-schmancy belt I told you about he had last year, one year oh, ago Lord. and one week ago. The same belt, and it is so tattered. There is no way you can get it that way in even 10 years. No. I mean, the sides <laughs> are just worn completely out, and you can tell they've been they've been scraped across something. Yeah, it he just drug had it that behind look. the truck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I just looked at that thing, and I dropped my head, and I walked across the floor, and 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 my new instructor comes up, and he says, he says, what's the problem, buddy? Because me, him, and my son, had, we were up for uh, it was like something like thirty three hours or something, prepping uh-huh. for this tournament, having the tournament, and yesterday we just completely just died. Um, but uh, I talked to him today, and he says, Wayne, let it go, let that guy go, let him let it go. I was like, this, I can't. No, because. I said, yeah, that is I mean, a slap in your face. That is a slap in my face. I said, that is a slap in everybody we know in the martial arts space. I said, this kid is 25 years old claiming to be a 10th degree black belt. I said, it makes me want to go and slap the thing out of them. I know, right? You know, it's I mean, like... just, just say, guy, come on, dude. You know? You know, it's, 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 it's sad that, number one, Pretty much anyone can buy a belt, put it on their waist, and then oh, go, yeah. boom, I yeah. am a Hanshi or something, right? Yes. But no one will call them out on it. Well, no. I mean, some, you I did, do. but, you know, I you, do. you did. I would, you know, that kind of thing. But I, I, don't, I hate like, that. That's that's a slap in my face. I know, right? Mm-hmm. I'm looking at my belt right now going, my, I've had this particular belt. I had to get a new one like about 15 years ago because I gained some weight. But I've had this belt for like 15 years, and it's nowhere near tattered. And I'm mm-hmm. like, come on, right here. You know, I'm like, come on. I mean, I mean my edges, my edges are starting to, to to get the little white blocks on them. You know what I mean? As as yeah, as the yeah. the satin and stuff comes off, but but it's it's not it's not road hazard up. driven. You know, yeah. I mean it's. <laughs> <laughs> this 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 thing's been behind behind the old Cheyenne for quite some time, you know, blowing around in the wind. Yeah. And it just it really just pissed me off. I looked up at him in the stands, I looked at his belt, I looked back at him and I just shook my head and I walked away. He knew exactly who I was. He remembered who I was. But I just I walked away. I just you know, what more can you say? People You know, I'm like, come yeah. on, people. You know, come on. I really don't understand that, you know, man. I, I see don't people like one of my instructors, Dr. Jim Thomas, you know? Yeah. Dr. Yeah. Jim Thomas, people say, you know, well, doctor, yeah, he's a doctor of martial studies. I said, you know, I said, these these things were were founded just, just like regular universities were many years ago, not just yesterday, not just last year, not just last month. I said, the man is a gentleman black belt. I mean, he's been doing SACON since before I've known, I've met him, and I've, I've met him in, in 1980. And we became friends, and I started training with him, you know. And uh, I see his belt, and it is just in shreds. But you know what? I know how many times that man's been in class. He has every (laughs) reason for his to be shredded to pieces. Right, right. You know, and to see these these kids running around here like that, you know. I I think of my instructors. I think of of my good friends, you know, that have have put in lifetimes, lifetimes. Mm -hmm. 
You know, some of them, some of them, you know, two times his age in the martial arts, you know, 50, 50 plus years, you know, 60 years. Um, Mm -hmm. Met a guy this past weekend. Um, He was 70 years old and had been in the martial arts something like uh, 65 years or something like that. Uh-huh. He, he started with his father, you know, being in the military over in uh, uh, on Okinawa, and uh, and teaching him, you know, as a small child. It was, you know, it's cool stories like that, you know, that that makes me just want to just slap this guy, you know, upside the head and just, you know, mm-hmm. smarten up, you <laughs> idiot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it just makes no sense. There's like no. w- one of the big things nowadays are people that are touting themselves as uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts when they oh, are not. Oh, God, yes. And they're getting oh, called yeah. out left. Oh, yeah, I've seen a few videos, like, too. Those are they're pretty good. And the guy's uh, done it respectfully. They didn't do it. They didn't do it nasty. They've done yeah. it respectfully on the, on, the, on the good videos. If you watch them, the ones that are getting yeah. called out, yeah, they've done it respectfully. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that's good because it's like, you know, I, I look at it this way. Like, you know, BJJ is a, is, is a big community, but it's a small mm-hmm. enough community where every, you know, teacher will know who they're going to oh, be. Yeah. You know, the, the, every teacher will know who they promoted. I mean, you know, there are guys that are, you know, touting to say that, you know, they, they I don't know, that, that they learn directly under the Gracies or, you know, or Valeria Ismail or whatever, you know, whoever else out there. And, and then, yeah. you know, these teachers will come out and say, that's a fake black belt. I never taught that guy. I'll never taught that guy. And then and then the guy will like, well, he's lying. We had a falling out. Now he wants nothing to do with me. What do you mean falling out? If you've never trained under the guy, there's no, there's nothing to have a falling out about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, why are you, why are you, why are you, fraud, you know, defrauding, you know, the public saying you're a BJJ black belt and, you know, and then these same people are putting out YouTube videos with substandard techniques. And you're like, really, really? You're a BJJ black belt. Really? <laughs> so, that's, it's, that's just, just weird. I mean, it's just, it, it drives me crazy that people will talk the talk, but refuse to put in the work. Kind of like that twenty-two-year-old guy with the tattered red belt. I mean, you're twenty-two years old and you're wearing a tattered red belt. What did you start when you were like in the womb? I'm <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he started knife techniques on his belt. Yeah, <laughs> he drug it behind his jeep. <laughs> oh my god, that's that's just, that's absolutely that's absolutely nuts. <sighs> Absolutely nuts. All right. Um, well, we could talk about that all day, but let's uh, let's uh, yeah. talk about something else. What do you guys think about? Oh, how do I put this? Um, okay, I'll just say it right out. McDojos. McDojos. <laughs> Those dojos uh. that will charge you an arm and a leg. And have 50 different clubs. You've got the Black Belt Club. You've got the I'm Gonna Be a Black Belt Club. You've got the I'm Gonna Be a Black Belt Club. I want to be a Black Belt Club. Uh, yeah, and then you've got your your uh, beginners, your second 
second level beginners club where you get all the private instruction you want to become a intermediate. Uh, you know, I mean, it's like you've and all of these upsells, you know, forced upsells and instructors that sound like car salesmen. So, what do you guys think about the big dojos? What do you guys think about those those kind of dojos where money money talks, skill walks? That's kind of where it. That's kind of where it goes. What are your thoughts? What are your guys' thoughts on that? I'll pick someone. I, yeah, call on us. There's there's three of us. Call on us. Uh, let's see. Uh, Patrick dropped off, and Bob dropped off too. I don't know what. Yeah, everybody <laughs> dropped off. Yeah. yeah so why don't we start dropping off? I know. Okay, I tell you my my opinion on them. Um, you know they they make a lot of us look bad. You know they they might teach these kids an, an athletic ability, but that's all they're uh-huh. teaching them is an athletic ability. You know they're not they're not teaching them the style, the arts that you know that we train so hard in. You know, to uh, to learn that we that we put in our our entire life's work into. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's same. It falls under some of these, you know, these false black belt guys. I mean, you know, I mean, these are the guys that are that are promoting the four and five year old kids, you know, as as black belt, not junior black belt, black belt. Mm-hmm. There's no way. There's there's no way. You know, these are these. A lot of these McDojos are the ones that are that are really, really giving the martial arts a bad name. Right. You know, and a lot of them, and a lot of them, aren't just, you know, the these these fake MMA styles and things like this. You know, they claim to be, you know, true and full martial arts. Mm-hmm. You know, well, right. what's your lineage? Well, this guy here created it. What's your lineage? Well, this is my. Inst- what is your lineage? Where do you come yeah. from? You know, who who are the founding fathers of your style? Who are the ones that mm-hmm. put in the, you know, the hard work, the blood, sweat, tears? You know, uh, of putting who it together. The guy before style. the first tenth degree master. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> These are the styles that'll that'll have you know five, six, seven, eight, ten, tenth degree black belts. You know, and forty thousand nine, ten, nine, eight, seven. You know what I mean? It, it's just, mm-hmm. it's insane. Mm-hmm. You know, that just, that just makes a mockery of it, and and it drives me nuts. It drives me mm-hmm. nuts. You know, because me I can too. get out there and 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 work my butt off, you know, to try to be a martial arts instructor, you know, for a living. You know, and you got these guys. Yeah, how they do this, I have no idea. I mean, they they have to get a black belt in salesmanship. They have to. Yeah. Because I, I don't understand. I mean, they pop up out of no freaking wear, and the next thing you know, they're charging $125 a class, and there's 437 kid black belts in the junior class. You know, I mean, we're, I it, they're like tornadoes. You know, they blow in, zoop, suck up all the money out of a neighborhood, and off they go. There's another one is mm-hmm. these uh is is these um uh oh, I can't think of what they're young Americans. Have you heard of those? No. No. The young Americans they they have a a cheerleading portion and then they have a uh martial arts portion. Uh I I went in and because they were in the same building as we were just to introduce myself and the guy looked at me and and, and treated treated me like I was some kind of substandard individual. 
Uh-huh. And I looked at him and I said, you know what? You better get your nose out of the rafters. I don't know who you think you are, pal. I said, well, I, said, I will take any of my junior black belts and, and put them up against any of your team black belts. I said, you guys are terrible. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, but you know, when you when you when you give these arts a bad name, you give us a bad name, and that that really, really just it doesn't fly with me. Yeah. <laughs> I hate to be like that, you know, but you know, come on, people, you know, right. I, I I just this I just had my 44th year this past August. Of of being in now, being into martial arts doesn't actually mean training every every entire second. But you know, I what I what I have done is, is I've jumped around. You know, I, like you guys do. I, I have, you know, I might be a, a a trainer in 57 different things, but you know, I'm not a master of any of them by any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've taken what I've learned and I've applied those techniques and principles to to what I also do. And therefore, we call it American. We don't mm-hmm. take anything away from the original founder. You know, we just we just think that we accentuate it since the majority of the style, you know, exists in America. Mm-hmm. In Ishiro, you know, Ishiro has always been one of the bastards of the martial arts. Anyway, um, <laughs> all the bickering and fighting and crap that goes on there, you know. Mm-hmm. But well, you're how these too. how these <laughs> yeah how these guys can fly into a neighborhood. You've never heard of them, you know. They they've just flown into the country. They they've left Korea as as first and second degrees and landed in America as ninth and tenth degrees, and they've opened up these dojos all over the place, you know. And they're charging, you know, hundred and twenty nine dollars, you know. Mm-hmm. Does that come with a gi? Well, of course not. <laughs> you know, that's that's part of the join the buy the geek club and that's hundred and twenty seven fifty on top of what you're doing, you know what I'm saying? And and they have these, these fancy uh these fancy workout uniforms and they dress they dress like they're going to to some of the, the, the biggest open events in the country, you know, that we've probably all been to at some point or another, you know, in our training. Um, But (laughs) you never see them take home trophies or, you know, I just, I don't understand them, but yet they, they survive. How, how do they survive out there? You know, that's, that's a good question. It's like, I almost look at it like, Cult followings, you know, in yeah, a way. Exactly, exactly. You know, that's I mean, a, one, me and one of my black belts said the same thing. It yeah, reminds us of a cult following. Yeah, I mean, there's there's being loyal to your style, being loyal to your to your teachers or your masters, and then there's the cult following, where yeah. you know everything that you do is put up on a pedestal by by the students, and and you know these are the same people that will be all like, "What? You didn't call me master?" I'm mastering someone to you. You ain't my master. Well, yeah. I mean, you, yeah. You know, I mean, I, 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 I want to, I, I, I wouldn't like say that, you know, I mean, it's more like, okay, I'll use the word master, but my God, do you have to demand from me? You know, I don't, I don't, I even know who you are, but anyway, yeah, what about exactly. you, Tony? What do you think about McTojo? <laughs> I hate that term. I really do. And mostly because uh, the first time I ever heard it was came from Bruce Lee where he said he wanted a a dojo on the corner of every every place just like McDonald's and I thought that was really cute and then I come to realize that now that has a totally different meaning and I'm like well crud 
so much for that dream. But anyway, what I think about mosquitoes <laughs> is that they are horrible. They are absolutely terrible because, like everybody has said already, they come in, they swoop in, and not only do they take up a bunch of students, but they take up a bunch of students and they teach them stuff that you're looking at going, you are going to get beaten the first through 25th time you try to use this. And then mm. after that, maybe you'll be smart enough to realize this isn't going to work in any way, shape, or form because what you were taught was bumpkins yeah. from the right. beginning. Have you ever had them come in and watch your class and, oh, and, yes. and act like they're not, act like they're nothing, you know, like they've never trained, but yet they've got their their all-American, you know, martial arts, <laughs> you know, uh, sweatsuit on as they're talking yeah. to you? You know, and and try to act like they've never done it before, and then, you know, then want to spring into action. You know, well, I'm a such and such degree black belt. Taking yeah, one student uh, on the floor. The about that you one know, is, uh, usually I, I I use Derek for those kind of people. I'm like, hey Derek, do me a favor, go over there and show him what we're all about. And Derek does, <laughs> and so. It, it, that's always been kind of fun on our end of the of the street to do that because uh, Derek mm-hmm. is a very skilled individual. But really, the problem with all of that is is what they don't understand what they're doing to the people that they do it to. They can't they can't know that they're killing the martial arts for the people that they're mm-hmm. ripping off. There's no yeah. way they can know that because if they did, yeah. then surely they would have. To, God-given, parent-taught scruples to stop that crap and and go back to learning, go back to adjusting whatever they thought they had into something better via a real teacher. But it's because too hard I've seen for them to understand that. Well, mm-hmm. that's just it. I've never seen a skilled individual that does that. It's never no, been somebody never, who never, you never. Could really look at and go, you know, I could learn something from this guy. I couldn't even learn brake falling from half of them. They don't know how. Yeah. <laughs> and so if you hit them and they hit the floor with a solid thud and you're going, oh, man. Or if you go to throw one of them, they don't know what that is. They've never had that happen in their life. And, and they hit the floor and I'm all right. I'm fine. No, you're not. You're in desperate need of medical attention. <laughs> <laughs> <Blew a spleen. laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> But seriously, I mean, they don't know yeah. the bare basics, and so they, they don't have the, the the business teaching the business. And they you get in there, they want to teach basics of throwing punches and stuff like that and treat it like an exercise. And like yeah. I said earlier, yeah, you're going to learn an exercise out of this. Okay, go teach Tai Bo. Stop doing this. <laughs> Stop doing this. Don't, don't call it as a portion. I've seen this happen. Don't call this a mixture between Kenpo and Muay yeah. Thai. When you're yeah. not teaching either one, all you're doing is or, teaching a bunch of people to kick and elbow Or they and have punch. their certificates. Their certificates on the wall, you know, their 10th degree black belt in skooky-mazooky, majuki jujitsu, or, you know what I mean? <laughs> and then 10th degree yeah. in, in, in Muay Thai, and then 10th degree in Taekwondo. All they, all they have are these, these, these associate things that a recognition certificate someone has recognized you as a as a 10th degree black belt in their style. Right. Well, how how in the hell does that work? Where's the rest? You know, you've got a 10th that's, that's degree my question black belt for that. Okay. in their style. I see your 
my usual question for that is, I, okay, I see your 10-degree black belt. Where's everything leading to it? Exactly. That's where's, all you where's see. Your, where's your Just yellow belt degree black belt certificate all the way up? Yep. And it, it, if it doesn't come from the same lineage, the same organization or something like that, I'm fine with that as long you know, as it's the same thing. I don't if care what style of martial art you study out there today. Every bit of it is going to lead back to some style from Okinawa. Some way or another, it's going to wind up from there. Mm-hmm. Trace your lineage back. These guys have people on there that 90% of us have never heard of before. Mm-hmm. You know, who are these people? Well, these people were so-and-so and so-and-so, and, you know, these were acquaintances of mine. Well, you know, we've never heard of them, you know. If this is your lineage, trace it back. How far does it go back? Does it go all the way back mm-hmm. to, to China? Does it go back to India? Does it go back to, you know, Okinawa? Where right. does it go to? Show right. us where right. it goes from, where it comes from. You know, show us where you started. Show us the years that you put in doing the art that you're doing. Exactly. You know, not just exactly. when you got your your you know all time supreme forty nine ninety five plaque of of you know <laughs> hokey majoki martial arts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so did you guys know, you know? that there's a website? Oh, okay. There's a website called McDojo Freak uh, FAQ. <laughs> yeah, there there is there is there is. I like and I, I like Bushido though. Have you ever have you yeah, ever gone I, to that I one, like, Bushido? Yeah, I read Bushido for, for the for the entertainment. But yeah. uh, for those of you that have never heard of McDojo, uh, frequently asked questions. It, it's kind of a I don't know who wrote this, but it's pretty funny. Uh, hi, professor. Professor's back. Yay! Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. There's a Welcome there back, are professor. signs. There are signs. There are signs that that will warn people that you are you have entered a dojo, and I'm just going to read these off because they're hilarious. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Instead of focusing on sparring, the class is mostly divided into practicing kata one steps and board breaking, and that's it. Okay, that's it. <laughs> if the, you know you're at a McDojo, if the school or instructor promotes the idea that his school or style is the ultimate best in the world, uh, cross-training in another form of martial arts is 100% unnecessary. You are, oh, in, good grief. you are in a McDojo if the school or instructor forbids entering tournaments or if the tournaments are restricted to a specific style or association. Right. Uh, Yep, if the idea of takedowns or wrestling is never addressed, or if they Mm -hmm. claim they have anti-grappling techniques that will beat any grappler, if the test for black belt advancement (laughs) consists mostly or entirely of kata and board breaking, if uh, board breaking has a heavy emphasis or is taught to be an indicator how well you would fight, or if it's used as a supplement to full contact fighting. Okay, you know the the you know you're in a McDojo if the school has too many belts, such as camouflage belts. <laughs> if the school if the school insists on long contracts and or uses collection agencies for late games. Yeah. yeah. If they are That's expensive great. clubs that you must join in order and to finance. learn or participate, yeah, and finance, um, 
in various clinics or seminars, such as the Black Belt Club, the Masters right. Club, or Buy a Gee for Me Club. Yeah. <laughs> if, the school you, if the school uses a pitch book to get you to join or convince you to sign your kids up. Okay, this Hello. pitch book. Okay, for people that don't know what a pitch book is, it's what a lot of um, uh, telemarketers use, right? It answers right. every question right. that anyone would ever have if they are sounding like they don't want to buy your product, exactly. right? Exactly. It's, nope. a, it's a pitch book. And uh, they have this actually behind the desk sometimes. And if you say, well, mm -hmm. I think it's too much, and then they just flip over to, like, page 15 – you know, and then and then they kind of debate with you why it's perfectly okay for you to part with your hard-earned money for their black belt club. Uh, now, you're in a McDojo if the self-defense techniques that are taught aren't, well, wait a minute, aren't taught at full speed ever. And if, if the school is insistent on only one way of doing a self-defense technique, okay, you're in a McDojo if the equipment costs too much or is only ordered through the organization. Now, I have my people order through me, but that's because I can get everything for them at yeah, cost. Yeah, exactly. So rather than going to the martial arts store down the road and buying a gi for $52 for a beginner's gi, mm -hmm. I can get a one for 23 so that's right. you know, I don't I don't find anything wrong with, with making, you know, four or five dollars on a gi if you're helping exactly. you know what I mean? Exactly. You right. know, you right. you have yeah. a gi that you're gonna pay eleven dollars for and you're gonna sell it for nineteen. Yeah. You know, just exactly. one of those little thin student uniforms. You know, there's yeah. no, I mean there's nothing wrong with that. I have a set price. You know, yeah. nineteen ninety five. You know, plain yep. and simple. You want a gi, it's nineteen ninety five. You want a heavyweight or medium weight, you know, right, add, right, add twenty dollars right. to each each order or to each price. Yeah, you know, if it's nineteen ninety nine, you know, go twenty nine ninety nine or for uh, thirty nine ninety nine, fifty nine ninety nine, seventy nine ninety nine. Just depends on what you want, you know, the thickness. Yep. Yep. Right. Let's see, you we know, appreciate something. that because they don't want to open up a, the catalog, you know, and here's this little bitty student uniform for ninety dollars. Oh man, I know, right? Unless you're buying a yeah. Tokaido gi, you shouldn't be paying exactly, exactly. You but, know, but see, as you said, as, just as you said, a Tokaido. A I mean, Tokaido, you a know, real Tokaido those are the that's right, a real Tokaido. Those are the best you can get. So, in my oh opinion, oh my god, I, although, I although a there's Tokaido a new gi company that's out there that's really, really good. Oh yeah, it's really it's, soft, uh, I was looking. Uh, I was looking. Tokaido, is that what it is? Yeah, Tokaido. Charado. Charado, yeah. They have, the, they have the brushed cotton geese. Yes. And for the longest time, I thought Charado was only for Japanese cosmetics because that's that's what they sell. <laughs> it's a it's a Japanese right. cosmetic. But the the ghee line, I was looking at the at the website a few months ago, and I'm like, oh my gosh, those look awesome. Uh, but I still want another Hokkaido ghee. When I was doing karate, I had a, a I had a just a wonderful white Hokkaido ghee and I don't know what happened to it. I lost it somewhere in some demo. I'm, I'm, I was so upset, and I wanted uh, I wanted to get a black Tokaido gi for my Kajikembo classes, and That's I'm like, I, I can't have. afford them. I can't no afford doubt. Them. <laughs> okay, now I think I paid uh, I think I paid two hundred and fifty bucks at my cost yeah. to get a black. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, back yeah. then, back in 
the 1980s, they were 80 bucks, and that yeah. was like 100 yeah. bucks. And I yeah. was like, oh, my God, I can't afford them now, $300 each. Yeah, All I right. still got so, mine, mine yeah. from, uh, I think it was the 90s. Oh, see. It hasn't been that long ago since I bought this one. I mean, you know, within 20 years, 25 years. I want one. Right. They, just, they just have just the right. But it, right it holds feel. up. It is. It has held up. By yeah. the title, that is. It has yeah. held up since the 90s. Yeah, those, and, and it's it's faded just right. And it's got the crease marks just right, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's true. <laughs> Oh, man, I just looked at the time. We've only got 10 minutes, so I'll get through this list, McDojo list here real quick. Okay. okay, back to the McDojos. If the instructor is a master yet under 40 years old, you're in a McDojo. Thank if you. the instructor's credentials seem sketchy or non-existent, or if the instructor proclaims to be a master of many arts and is under 40, you, you. are in a McDojo. <laughs> if the... Uh, if the school advertises that the grand master of the style regularly teaches there, if the school has many students, such as over a hundred, and they have many, many black belts, chances are you are in a McDojo. Thank you. If, yep. Mm-hmm. If you want, once you reach your first degree black belt and you are encouraged to start your own school. You are in a McDojo. Ding, 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 ding. So here's, here's one. If the instructor rarely works out with the student or has his assistants do most or all of the teaching, you're in a McDojo. Mm-hmm. And, See there? Yep. If you are, you're in a McDojo if they teach weapons like Sai and Nunchaku as a form of legitimate self-defense. Hello. <laughs> you are <laughs> mastering a black belt in Fujitsu. Yeah. And, and here's, here's my favorite. Please listen to this one. This okay. is my favorite. It's from the very beginning. You try to sign up for a school. This was an advertisement in a paper in, in Texas. I forgot what town. But they advertised uh-huh. that to start the school, they gave you these packages, and one was called a master's package. So you can go ahead and pay them ten thousand a day, and they would train you from that point all the way up to mastership. Yeah. Holy crap! Oh. Yeah, Holy crap! Yeah, what in the weekend? Ten k master <laughs> master package. Yeah, oh. yeah. We're, we're, we're going to cover this in the time of one weekend. Oh good. <laughs> oh lord! You know, I've 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 met up with so-called Tai Chi masters, right? That that I find out have gone to like a Tai Chi retreat. So they're they're gone for a month. They learn mm-hmm. Tai Chi, and then they come into my school asking to drop off their brochures. I'm like, what part of the what part of Tai Chi did you not see on my sign? So you know, <laughs> they, they come in and they go, can we drop off our? Uh, can, we dro- can I drop off my brochures? And I'm like, sure, file sure. thirteen. Yeah, exactly. Sure. So I look at it and it says. Tai Chi, Sichuan, right? And and I go, and this this happened a few years back. Uh, I said, oh well, what style do you teach? This lady was one of was like one of those spacey, spacey crystal gazing, you know, people stuff like that, right? Just way out there. And she goes, I teach Tai Chi Chuan, and I said, I realize that, but what style do you teach? 
<laughs> and I went, oh God! I said, so. And I said, let me rephrase the question. I said, who is your teacher? And she's like, oh, I don't remember the coach's name. And I'm like, you don't. Oh, you don't remember the coach's name. Where did you get your Where did you get your instructorship from? And I got it from da 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 da, da, da on Vashon Island. And I'm like, okay, so yeah, so I was like, oh, so you got your teaching credentials? I know, right? So I'm like, so you got your teaching credentials at a retreat? How long did it take you to get certified? Uh, 28 days. I'm like, okay, 28 days. There you go. What you know, and there I said, you Well, go. you know, come on out. Goodness. I teach Tai Chi also. I would love to see what form you do. Well they do they do the they do the twenty four form, which is, you know, it's the, the the popular, the very popular Beijing public form. And I'm like, Okay, great. Do you guys do toy show? And she's like, What's that? And I'm like, Oh God, Hello. you're not you're not a Tai Chi instructor. Sun show. Nope, you don't. Okay. Well, you know, and, and, and but the thing is is that Nowhere in the brochure did it did it say that she had a month of training. She said that she was a certified master instructor in Tai Chi. Hello. And I said, lady, well, I didn't call her lady. I, I'm just saying, you know, I said, lady, you can't. See. I'm like, the word master, that's that's a that's a term. It's a heavy word to throw around, yeah. Yeah, heavy. that's a term that people are going to take very seriously. Exactly. Uh, I suggest that you fix these brochures. I will keep these, and I will refer people if all they want to learn is a form. <laughs> and then she, like, huffed and walked away. And I was just like, wow, how do you call yourself a master instructor with a month of training? A month. Yeah, 28 days. Oh, holy crap, 28 days. Okay, so I'm going to, we, we've only got five minutes, so I'm just going to end with a couple more phrases that you might hear at a McDojo. All right. <laughs> Number one, this is a phrase that you might see or hear at a McDojo. <clears throat> Quote, unquote, it's harder to throw a kick and stop inches from someone's face rather than actually hit them. Yes, control <laughs> is very hard. Okay. Now, if you can throw an attack and pull it without hitting someone during sparring, you can throw an attack and hit an attacker on the street easily. Huh? <laughs> right. Oh, here's no. one. Here's one. We have advanced training that allows us to promote faster than all other martial arts. Can I please interrupt for just a second? Yeah, please. sure. Thank you. There was a woman three years ago who was a fifth-degree black belt in Taekwondo who was mm -hmm. killed in a street fight because she did not know how to defend herself because all she did was forms and zero contact sparring. Oh. Right. Oh. She did not know how oh, yeah. to take a hit. She did sure. not know how to deliver a hit. And she was one more time, guys. Killed in a yeah. street fight Dead. because of zero contact sparring. A fifth yeah. degree if black belt. If you've never belt. been hit, if you've never ever been hit in your life, the first time you yeah, do, it is so devastating. You do not know what to do. 
It sure is. It is. It it it, it I is. Tell it's my like that all the time that out there because they don't that, they want to miss sparring night, you know. Yeah. Don't miss yeah. sparring night. Get in there and spar. You know, apply your techniques. You know, feel yeah. what it's like to be hit. We're the way to be like, hit. And you know well, what? You're not going to dance. Yeah, it's like, you know, I don't care how high of a black belt somebody is. The first time, the very first time you ever get knocked out, there's this there's this little voice in your head that literally says, "Oh shit," before you go yep. out. <laughs> yep. And that's that's what happened to me. First time I got knock, knocked out, you know, but but between the time it took me to hit the floor and, and getting hit, I thought, "Oh shit, this is and, then the lights went out. and I was just like, whoa. And I woke up and I went, what the hell, what the hell? is this? What happened? You know? My instructor never told me this crap. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so that's what it's like. Okay. Yeah, I, don't, I don't remember you that know? part. I just remember waking up and trying to figure out how the hell I got there. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and, I remember. That, and that disorientation that you feel, you know, when you get hit that hard before the lights go out, it's, it's it's crazy, and if you've never experienced that, then it's gonna be it's gonna be I don't know. I mean, some people. I, I had this discussion with a student the other day because he asked, "Is it possible to learn self defense without actually sparring?" And I said, "No." And he's like, "Well, oh, I've heard goodness. some people say that you can." I'm like, "Oh, you can get academically good at memorizing a technique, but it's not the street. You know, you, you have to apply." You still have to apply it in an unrehearsed fashion. That's why exactly. we that's why we sure. do, you know, full on, you know, Tai Chi Sancho and he's like, You you guys actually spar in Tai Chi and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I teach it as a martial art. Yes I do. And and I'm and so we had this discussion and he proceeded for an hour to argue with me why it's not necessary. And I said, You know what? Are you here to learn Tai Chi or are you here to prove that you to prove me wrong, so you don't have to spar. Which is See, it? right? Which See? is? Are you? What part of here, here. are you afraid of? Because we can build you up to that. But if you're afraid of it, it's okay to say I'm afraid of getting hit because I can help you with that. But if you refuse See? to say it and you argue with me, we're getting nowhere, and I'm done with this conversation. It's been an hour. Goodbye. And it's. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and he means well. He's been with me for uh, only about two years, but you know, uh, it it really took me took me for a loop when he asked that. You know, is it? You know, he was convinced by by talking to other instructors, not his instructor, but but by talking to other instructors that it's possible to learn how to fight effectively without sparring. Or any kind of you know unrehearsed learning, and I'm like, why did you go to these other people instead of talking to me about it? And now you're arguing right. with me, trying to prove me wrong to these other people that I don't even know. Mm. Yeah, right, you know? right, right. So anyhow, we are out of time. This was so much fun. We can do this four hours. Thank you so much, you guys, for joining me again for. For the uh, uh, for the open mic, it's always it's always fun. We're gonna have to continue on a hangout sometime. Yes. No doubt. We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to do another hangout or something because you know yeah. this, this is fun stuff. So anyway, um, everyone have a great rest of the weekend, and we'll see everybody next time. Bye, everybody. See everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye, everybody.
Bye.